If you've had dreams of starting your own side hustle, make sure to check out Curve Health Online. They have an iPad, iPhone, and Android app, and they only take home 7% of whatever it is you charge. Otherwise, it's free for their all-in-one computer vision, exercise library, HIPAA-compliant messaging system, and telehealth platform. Again, check it out at modmt.com slash curve, C-U-R-V, and make sure to tell them Dr. E sent you. Welcome to Untold Physio Stories Podcast, your perfect commute resource with physio failures, successes, interesting cases, and more from the physio and rehab world with your host, Drs. Andrew Rothschild and Urson Religioso. Topical analgesics help patients alleviate pain and reduce discomfort. I recommend and use Helix Professional Pain Relief Creams with my patients. Helix has three new creams they've added to their line of topical analgesics. Joining their pain relieving cream is Triactive Therapy Cream, CBD Therapy, and CBD Clinical Creams. My patients have been raving about these creams, and that's why I'm offering you an opportunity to try these in your practice. Email my exclusive promo code MMT2 to Helix at Helix4, the number four, pain.com to receive samples of these new professional pain relief creams and find a medical supply distributor near you. You'll get a starter kit with several samples, patient information brochures, and it's a great way to help patients and grow your practice. Welcome back to Untold Physio Stories podcast. This is Dr. E with Modern Manual Therapy, Edge Mobility System, and our four-month online mentoring program, Modern Rehab Mastery. My co-host, Dr. Andrew Rothschild, is not here today, but with me, I have my Super good friends, longtime friend and colleague, Aaron LeBauer, Dr. Aaron LeBauer of LeBauer Consulting, cash-based guru, and my uh, my go-to resource for all things cash-based and biz PT. How's it going today, Aaron? Hey, E, what's up, man? It's good. Thanks for inviting me on the show again. Yeah, no problem. You always tell an entertaining good tale. So what do you have for us? Well, you want to give it like a quick uh, intro of yourself, more than what I said, and then uh, get into your story? Yeah, for sure. Um, my name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer. I'm a Sagittarius. I've been a uh, been treating patients for over 20 years. I started as a massage therapist in 1999. I went back to PT school in 2006. I started my cash practice right after I graduated in early 2009. And since about 2013, I've been helping people launch, grow, and scale their cash practices um, and making more money without relying on insurance companies. Um, let's see. Sounds I think like that's good, uh... right. That's, That's a good one. In a nutshell, right? Yeah, yeah. basically. It's I mean, there's quite, a. It's not quite a LinkedIn. It's not quite the LinkedIn bio of two sentences. You know. No, no and, it, and there's something. a lot of stuff in between. There's a lot of little stories, like thousands of them, in between the whole journey. But yeah, that's the two minute. All right. Yeah. So give us give us at least one of them. Yeah, I think we were talking um, today, and I think you know what what I've always told people is how did I get here, and I think the story that I wanted to share was that you know so I started. Um, as a massage therapist. And, and at that time I was doing massage therapy, but I was doing a little bit more medical massage. I was studying some myofascial release techniques, which were more focused on helping people with pain and injuries rather than relaxation and recovery. And one of the th reasons I got into PT was because everyone kept telling me, well, Aaron, you're the first person to touch me where I hurt. I've been to see, you know, physical therapists, massage therapists, acupuncturists, orthopedic surgeons, everybody, um, chiropractors, and no one's touched me where I hurt. And we're talking about like the VMO, your hamstrings, your QL, infraspinatus, traps, 
you know, suboccipitals, like n places that aren't that difficult to touch and palpate. I just either think people didn't know how to use their hands or they weren't actually spending the time, um, you know, to, to touch people or listen to people. Um, you know, and Urson, don't you, don't you agree? Like a lot of people out there, a lot of physicians are like, well, we got to get an image first and then the image will tell us what to do. Right. You know? For sure. Well, right? I mean, what I like to tell my patients is the average MD, a couple studies have, have, uh, already measured that the average MD stops listening to at 20 seconds. And I, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what, what is the cutoff for a PT, right? Like when someone's talking, you're, the longer you've been in, I mean, you and I have both been doing this 20 years. It's not like we immediately go right for someone's QL and just start palpating. But I mean, you start to, you start to think, right? Like what, what am I going to do with this patient? And I, I talked to a PT, another PT who's been practice uh, patient and colleague of mine. I saw him this morning. I said, well, it's because he, he said he got out of academia faster than I did. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, yeah, I know. I, and, and for all the, for all the right reasons, I'm sure. But one of them, we were just talking about experience and bias. And I said, you know, when my definition of experience and bias is probably different than, than what you're told in school, because they're saying like, oh, and, and I get it in research, like we want, we want to avoid bias and, and clinically we want to avoid bias. But I'm like, what's the difference between experience and bias? Experience is when your clinical practice recognition leads to good outcomes and bias is when it leads to poor outcomes. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> otherwise, what's the difference, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, so I, I think listening to patients is one of the original things that Robin McKenzie said, you know, like, yeah. and, and listening to people, I just happened to have, he, he scheduled a, a, a patient or appointment at 11. He had an extensive history, an amazing historian, but also we're talking about things that have been going on that no one else can solve for three, the past three years. He's been to so many different doctors, so many different specialists, so many different scans, the majority of them actually looking great. He's in his fifties and the majority of his, his like M spinal MRI say mild generation right. at most you know like everyone's just like grasping at straws they're running brain scans on them now just they're basically looking for tumors all over this guy's body and everything is negative i know um, it's just like they like let's go if we can't see it there must not either be something wrong with you or we must not have found it yet and i think that right. kind of mindset is not right i mean i think thinking so thinking back to like me and my career and the story was that you know i'm sitting here going so like I'm, I'll press on someone's knee. Like my knee hurts. I press on the VMO, and they're like, "Oh my God, that's it!" And I'm like, "Really? That's it?" Like, and you saw an orthopedic surgeon, and they didn't press here, and they're like, "No." I'm like, okay. So like, I would work on, I would do some massage and MFR techniques on their knee and QL, and they'd feel like, "Oh my God, I'm so much better." When is this going to end? You know, like when can I get back to exercise? Well, or you know, the questions that I didn't have answers to as a as a massage therapist. So I went to PT school. You know, and I think, um, you know, I, getting back to what you said about listening, my my dad's mentor, Eugene Stead, so my father's a cardiologist and he's 87. So he went to med school in the 50s, you know, you know, has this little blue book that's out of print, but I have a couple of them. And it says one of his quotes, it's just a book of his quotes that um, his students put together. And it was like, I think it says like the good physician uh, only needs to listen to a patient to understand what's wrong with them you know and it's right. like like the history is exactly what's wrong mackenzie said something very similar like if you listen to the patient they'll tell you they'll tell you what's wrong with them or they'll tell you they'll mm -hmm. tell you what to do essentially right um and i think that the art of listening is very much lost and also even the art of manual therapy i mean if we're, if we're going to combine both things people forget that touch is really important and even david butler you know one of the major founders of, of the modern pain science movement 
uh, once blogged about people in whatever his residency program, uh, learning all about pain science and explanations and all these people are going in to see these patients who have very high fear avoidance and not one of them is, is like touching. They're just explaining all about pain. And, and until finally someone like grabbed this woman's wrist and said like, you know, everything's going to be okay. And she's, she was just so relieved because she felt so yeah. fragile. She's like, Oh, I'm so fragile. No one's ever, no one's even ever touched me. And I just feel so good that I could even handle touch. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, even if, even if manual therapy is mostly placebo and non-specific effects, it's still so powerful just to touch someone right. where they perceive the problem is, even if it's not the problem, even if yes. it's most back pain and neck pain is non-specific or most MSK pain is non-specific, touch is so powerful. I mean, one of my, one of my favorite uh, former business partners and former mentees, he was just like, just the greatest concierge. He was like, have a coffee made for the patient by the time like they were he was often also like usually over one hour late to their appointment because he was always <laughs> overbooking himself, but he was such a nice guy. Very few people got mad at him. He, you know, he would just put his arm up and someone would be like basically crying, like, oh, I have an MRI. It says I have a yeah. huge cyst herniation. My surgeon says I needed surgery yesterday. And he was just like, oh, well, here, here, I made this coffee for you. He put his arm around them, walk them back as his arm was around. He's like, you know, I have just a thing for that. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and still confidence about stuff like that, right? Yeah. yeah. But so it's funny because my dad told me he had another one of his uh, mentors would just roll up to people and put the stethoscope on them while he was interviewing them. But he didn't; they wouldn't have it in their ears. It's just like it's just like an excuse to touch the person, you know, because it's like a hospital. It's so cold. <laughs> but it's like so they're putting the stethoscope on their chest just as they're interviewing them, you know. And I think that, you know, so <laughs> which is awesome. But it is. It's just like it's just creating contact with someone else, especially when they're worried and concerned and like having a lot of fe- and, and having a lot of fear giving them hope and we can give people hope through words but words are really logical and touch is more on the emotional s- scale and i think not, not everyone you know learns by logic right. you know right not everyone will register to to uh either or both but why not use both right you know i mean like what you can use touch and words it doesn't have to be one or the other mm-hmm. yeah so there are two things that happen in pt school that I was starting to tell you about. And one of them I didn't mention, but I think when I first got in there, there was a book and it was, uh, I know, remember it was Helen Hislop's book, you know, on like muscle anatomy and, you know, joint function or whatever it was. I don't know what it's called. And it, and it was one page in there. It was like the quadratus lumborum is impossible to palpate. And it was just kind of like this statement. It was like, you can't touch it. And I'm sitting there going, that doesn't feel right. And I even asked my professors and, 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 you know, like, can I put my, poke my finger all the way through your skin? No but I can certainly get my elbow and thumbs in there and relieve someone's back pain um, by pressing on it. And I can feel it move or contract and expand when I ask them to like hike their hip or contract it. And I'm sitting there going, okay, whoever wrote this book, like didn't clearly know how to use their hands. Like, and I mean, you know, it just, I don't, I don't know who she is. I don't know what her experience is, but like my experience touching people's hundreds of hundreds of bodies, like, I just see those things in PT education as like these absolutes, like telling people, okay, touch is not good. And I had another professor in it. I don't know. If, I think it was a different class. And, uh, and she said, patients only need 30 to 45 seconds of hands-on care. You know, she was teaching us about pivots and pavums. I just raised my hand and I was just like, I disagree. I didn't even wait for her to call me. I was like, I disagree. And I can't sit here and let everyone in this room think that patients only need 30, 45 seconds of hands-on care because I've built my whole career as a massage therapist on touching people for more because they went to PT and they were unsatisfied and never got touched. (laughs) 
and the professor yeah. looked at me. <laughs> my in a, in a high volume practice. Well, wow, way to call out. Way to call out. That's probably because you were like a, a returning student. You know, most yeah, I was an adult student. <laughs> yeah, the majority of students would not, even if they believe that, wouldn't wouldn't even have the gall to do that. But I mean, that's absolutely true. I mean, some people they'll be they'll be they wouldn't need any touch. Some people would need right. a lot of touch. And my bias now is typically like five to ten minutes at most. Even though my whole brand is modern manual therapy, I try to use as little manual therapy as possible. But I mean, there are just some people especially patients who I've seen in the past, back when I used to do 20 to 30 minutes of manual therapy, they require, they still require that amount because they believe that it made it better. And it's all about, again, the art of manual therapy is knowing how to apply it, not using it as a fix, but also when to apply it if the patient does, if the patient wants it. There's research out there that shows that, you know, the positive expectation of being, of getting a benefit from mm -hmm. X technique, they're more likely to get better from that technique. And if it's yeah. on the menu, then that's great. If it's not on the menu, they're going to go to a different restaurant. Right, right. And certainly, like when I started P my PT practice, I saw people for, you know, 60 minutes. And then um, I realized I needed to do 45 minutes so that I could be home in time efficient. So I treat for 45 minutes, but it was more of like a bodywork session. It was mostly manual therapy and a little bit of corrective exercise because I wasn't really taught that. And as I've learned over the years, now we're do we do about we have a 45 minute session. We check in with people for, you know, a few, 10, 10 minutes. We do some education and we do about 15, 20 minutes of hands-on if that, if they need it. And then 10, 15 to 20 minutes of corrective exercise and, uh, education and, and planning and, and, and teaching. Um, you know, and so that's changed over the years too for us. But I do think like the one thing that still is missing is, it's the connection and whether you make that through time and conversation or touch or both, I think a lot of people are missing that in traditional healthcare. And that's one of the big reasons sure. they come to the connection this. is key. Yeah. The connection yeah. is key, but they assume the connection is only going to be through words. And right. for some patients, it will actually be through touch or yeah. listening or something that's something that's probably going to require attention and time. Mm -hmm. So can I offer one uh, clinical skill for people who are listening? <laughs> to listen sure, to nice. let's yeah. put this in a two podcast but sure yeah okay so it's just it's just it's called active listening and i don't know we've you've probably talked about this and you do this but it's we do this in sales but you can we do it in the clinic as well it's like when you come in you say dr bauer my back's been hurting and it's keeping me from playing with my kids you say hey mrs jones what i hear you saying is that your back's hurting it's keeping you from playing with your kids and you'd like to work together with us to fix it without getting surgery is that right and they go yes and then mrs jones feels seen and heard and understood for you sure know? yeah and all i did was repeat back to her what she said i didn't make up anything yeah people people definitely like to they like to they definitely appreciate the fact that because I mean, everyone loves themselves essentially, mm -hmm. you know and uh, nothing makes them feel like they're being heard even if it's subconsciously they didn't realize it's definitely a subconscious thing they didn't realize that you basically repeated every single thing that they said yeah but um and you repeated yeah, their name too uh, like people like to hear their name it's like when you say hey when yeah, i say urson sure. you know you help me do x y and z and so thank you you know whatever if i use your name and i repeat mm -hmm. back what you said it's like people go wow he understands me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know versus absolutely that is right? a good that's a good pro tip yeah you know, I've seen people have their back to patients <laughs> while they're while they're doing oh, evaluation. Oh man! <laughs> Every time I'm in the if I'm in the hospital, which isn't a lot, or if I'm like seeing a doctor and a specialist who's not my primary, because my primary is wonderful, spends like yeah. 45 minutes with me, I can't even believe it. 
but they're like have my back to me have their back to me they're on an emr i just think the 20 seconds is up why yep. are you even talking to me you know like i know you've already like four you've stopped listening at 20 seconds and you're just like going through the questions you think you're supposed to be asking but like <laughs> let's just give me the script and let's be done with this you know like <laughs> i know i know it's ridiculous sometimes i'm just and i and sometimes it's the people but it's also the system and i'm like not willing to it's operate both, in a yeah. system like that and so i'm not the right person for the system <laughs> yeah i know we create our own system 100 percent. yeah yeah all right aaron so where can people find you uh the best way to best way to find me is go to instagram and type in aaron labauer it's at aaron labauer on instagram or aaronlabauer.com on the web and uh you can also find me on urson's blog because i've got a bunch of guest posts on there so thank for you sure. for that yeah <laughs> he's very googleable just like me we make it a point um but yeah if you are thinking about have ever thought about going cash-based you need to reach out to aaron check out his cash-based blueprint in the meantime if you've enjoyed his story you have a similar story hilarious physio failure please rate untold physio stories five stars wherever you listen to the podcast hit that subscribe button and please share our stuff Thanks a lot. And as always, you guys have a good win. Untold Physio Stories is now sponsored by MyPT Insurance. Insurance just got easier. Through continued research, MyPT Insurance has crafted a policy that is economical and provides you with the peace of mind you need. Your extensive education, training, and experience as a PT allows you to assist clients in achieving their personal health goals. By practicing without individual professional liability insurance, you could be placing your career and future finances at risk. Whether you're a student, self-employed, or employed with a company, MyPT Insurance is here to provide affordable insurance coverage while protecting you and your patients. MyPT Insurance's plan also includes mobile coverage, which means it follows you wherever you work in the United States. Employed rates and self-employed rates are available. Visit myptinsurance.com edge to sign up today.